0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the win against Torina, we'll be previewing the Champions League game against Slavia Prague, the Serie A game against Spal, we'll be have an interview with Mr. Gabriel Marcotti, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on
1: centerinter.com.
0: to another edition of Studio Inter, I'm your host Nima wishing you all back from a, wee- a week that was somewhat bittersweet, it was sweet because Inter won quite comfortably against Napoli in, uh, in conditions that were not suitable for football, maybe water polo, but definitely not football. And bitter because of the injury to Nicola Barella, uh, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, we're together with the panelists we're joined with today, uh, joining us from all the way from frozen tundras of Toronto, the producer for TSN, Mr. Michael Gallo.
1: Thank you for having me again, Nima. Uh, yes, like you said, a bittersweet week, uh, but there was three points, and uh, definitely got our work cut out for us in uh, in the Champions League this week, and again on the weekend against Ball.
0: Yes, we do. We'll, we'll get into all that. Um, we're also joined by our good friend, uh, the, the writer of uh, the Inter Legends on Semprinter, Mr. Critty Smith.
2: Hello, everyone. Uh, for me, I, I didn't think it was a better sweet week. I thought it was actually quite good. I'm looking forward to, to a very easy week this coming week.
0: Okay. <laughs> You're not afraid of jinx and superstition. Not
2: afraid. not afraid. I'm no <laughs> fe- no, I fear no more, Nima. I fear no okay. more.
0: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to ask you why that is l- a little later on. Um, and we're also joined by our good friend, Mr. Will Beckman.
3: Football, medical prognosis, karma sutra. We've got it all on this week's episode <laughs> of Studio Info.
0: Yes. Yes, we certainly do. And we especially when 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 Conte goes full on Conte, as that's the only way to, to, yeah. to describe it. Um, we are also joined by a very good friend of the show. Uh, he's, uh, he writes for, he, he's part of uh, the Jules and Gab podcast. He's also part of the Seria Awesome podcast. You can see him on ESPN FC. Uh, he's an author. He's a, one of the best out there. Uh, Mr. Gabriel Marcotti, welcome back.
4: Great to be with you guys. And Nima, once again, you're way too kind.
0: <laughs> it's good, right, let's get to it Gab. Um I, I know you and I we, we, We've been talking a little bit about this I, You and I were very, very vocal about We didn't want Conte To come to Inter uh, for, for reasons That were very similar But um, I wanted to ask you if your opinion has changed a little bit Since, because of the results Especially in the Serie A um, Has he surprised you or has it gone exactly According to what you expected uh, I want let, let, You know, I want to pick your brain a little bit Let me know, what, what do you think? So I think
4: there's two there's two ways of looking at it, right? So, you know, I still think it was a wrong appointment because you have no idea what it's going to cost you down the road. You have no idea how things may may blow blow up and and, and possibly cause damage. There's just too much stuff that we don't know. Um, in the here and now, though, uh, I think it's pretty remarkable how he's rallied everybody. I don't think we've had a peep of unhappiness uh, from, from within the squad, uh, certainly since the, uh, uh, since the transfer window closed. And, you know, that's a credit to him. I, I always make the point that there are, there's two elements, I think, to, to, to being a coach. And one is, you know, you need to come up with the right tactical idea and how you're going to play and who's going to play and whatever else. And then you need to go and get buy-in and uh, and, and and sell it to uh, uh, to your players and get them to really believe in you and uh, and then that latter part especially I think is something that that Conte has done exceptionally well.
0: Yes, for sure, absolutely. Um, uh, Will, uh, did you have a question for Gap?
3: I do. Hi, Gab. Thank you for joining us. Um, I suppose I'll just follow on from from that discussion, really. Um, You said there's been no unhappiness within the squad, which I think is is true as far as I can remember. There was a bit of um, public unhappiness from Conte himself about three or four weeks ago when he he did his thing after the match against Borussia Dortmund. We've had a lot of chat on it over the last couple of weeks, but um, I just wondered what you thought of that and whether it's actually a good thing, whether he's just being... um, He's just being damaging and and uh, unhelpful, um, or can we move on? Is it going to come back and haunt us? The fact that he said all these things—what did you make of it? When he's obviously—I'm talking about when, you know, he said uh, that he shouldn't have trusted the club in the summer and the recruitment was iffy <laughs> and that sort of thing.
4: I mean, look, uh, Will, I, I, I think one of the th- one of the things I'd be most concerned about is how does it impact his relationship with with CNC and Barella, right? Because those are the two guys, you know, the guy from Sassuolo and the guy from Cagliari. You know, do they feel let down or whatever else? All the indications we've had, and I haven't spoken to them, but certainly my impression is that, um, you know, they're not affected by it. You know, they still feel Conte's trust, and they're still, you know, they're they're still totally on board. So from from that perspective, that's less of a concern. More broadly, I think it kind of foreshadows what what Conte's done kind of throughout his career that. You know, he believes in certain things. He believes in veterans. He believes there's such a thing as, you know, a, a champion, uh, as a winning mentality. He worships at the altar of of, of old guys who've won things. Um, you know, all of this speaks to this narrative, and I think it's also a bit of a muscle flex with a view towards January. And I think that's what would worry me. Um, you know, if I were if I were Inter. Simply because of all the issues that we've talked about uh, before with, you know, the fact that you took arguably your three biggest assets and gave them away for free because you couldn't find anybody to take them. Um, And then you went and spent crazy money in the summer and, you know, you're you're kind of really on a knife edge vis-a-vis financial fair play Um, and with a lot of uncertainty for the future. And and those restrictions likely aren't going to go away in the immediate unless – Conte wins the Champions League or something. So, you know, all these things I think should be a concern and when when a manager goes so far off message, when he goes out and he says, "Oh, well, maybe Marotta should be here talking to you and and explaining <laughs> things to you." I mean, you know what? Like I'm all for like the lone wolf like but but dude, you know, let's let's kind of deal in deal in facts here and let's also deal with the fact maybe that weirdly, and this is one of the Conte paradoxes, I think he did his best work managing the Italian national team uh, in at the Euros. And that was in terms of talent, that was probably the worst Italy uh, squad at a major tournament in the past 50 years. Um, I don't go much back much further than that. So I couldn't tell you, but you know, they were terrible and he turned them into contenders. So he can work with, you know, inferior raw materials and, why not just focus on that and pick your spots and and act a little more like a grownup?
0: <laughs> uh, Mike, do you have a question for Gab?
1: Yeah, I got a couple of questions uh, for Gab if you don't mind. But first, I want to say thanks for coming on, Gab. Uh, you know, I work I work for TSN and we actually show ESPN FC uh, on our network every single day. So I've, I've watched you for many years go at it with with Craig and the other guys about about defending Serie A so it's, I appreciate you coming on because it's good to have an English speaking Italian uh go to bat at for Serie A all the time so I appreciate you for that. Um my question for you is uh with the field conditions and the weather how much worse could the weather have been for that game to be canceled?
4: Um I it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think Generally, um, they're reluctant to cancel games, um, you know, unless the, there's a player safety issues. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we saw that happen um, with, uh, uh, with, with the other game uh, on, on Sunday. Um,
3: yeah, Let's
4: but they will always opt for like, a, you know, they'll generally opt for a delay and, you know, and I also think, I know they made a big deal out of that, but I think one of the big issues is the drainage and the runoff and you know that stadium is, is is a pretty modern um pretty modern stadium in the sense obviously that the pitch was was rebuilt and, and relayed for, uh, following the the, the the terrain olympics so look um you know it is what it is but i kind of like the fact that they're not loath in italy to to go and play in <laughs> slightly rougher conditions and i would imagine most inter fans who remember uh, Perugia Juventus game are probably of <laughs> the same mind.
3: Mm, I agree with that. That was the best part of this weekend. All the Juventus fans I saw on the Letcher Cow with the hashtag <laughs> saying, Well, if they played in Perugia, you should always play 20 years on. Yeah,
0: true. They can't let that one go. Right. Uh, Kriti, uh, did you have a question for Gab?
2: I've got two questions for Gab. Gab, thanks for joining us, first of all. Um, the first one's very easy. Uh, do you think that Craig Burley or Steve Nichol will ever say anything kind about Inter or any other Serie A team besides Juventus? Because I, <laughs> I watch, I watch pretty much every um, every Sunday recap show just just to see that one thing. And there's a lot of positive about Liverpool, and you know, there's there's a lot of positive about some other clubs. But I just I, I just want one, maybe one positive Inter comment. And the second question is, uh, in your opinion, so. Quick, uh, uh, well, I'm going to look at his last two appointments. But you already t- you already mentioned on the Italian national team, which I thought actually Conte massively overachieved uh, in that role with the with the squad he was given in 2016. And then of course the Chelsea appointment, which he took. You know they didn't have to compete in Europe at all, so they had a very easy path to the to the Premier League title what, for what it's worth. I mean it's not easy, but um, very very it's a much easier path to get there than than having to play Champions League or or, or anything like that. So. Um, it's always it seems like in year two with Chelsea things went sour. Uh, I believe that with, you know, getting rid of Ricardi, getting rid of Nainggolan, uh getting, you know, addition by subtraction, uh, despite what roster he has, he's already exceeded any expectation that I had of him this season. I think that what Conte's has done, I, I, I came on this very show many times and was vehemently against him being appointed as inter-manager, but he is. Sort of made a believer out of me. Do you do you think that this is sustainable? Do you think that this can grow from here? Do you think it'll be a, a gradual rise like with Juventus and the rebuild that they had when he was there, or do you think that ultimately Conte will out Conte himself of a job and it'll all fall like a house of cards? Um,
4: well, so first of all, I know some of you guys have thanked me for coming on. I don't want to waste time by thanking everybody really individually, so just want to say it's it's a pleasure and and, and a privilege uh, to be on with you guys and thank y'all you for your kind words. Um, to to answer your question, I I was thinking about this, about, um, you know, I, how might things shake out? Because, dude, Juventus may be ahead of Inted, but they're really not playing well. And, you know, they're basically ahead of Inted because they probably have better players. And, you know, they, it, it's weird. It's almost like, they're almost like more, they're almost more like an Allegri team right now, you know, where we've all seen this, where they kind of all play badly and then something happens in the last 10 minutes and it's a moment of genius or somebody falling over in the box or whatever, and then they get the points, right? Um, I thought the Atalanta game was was a really good example of that. So because I try to be rational about this, I'm imagining, you know, Juventus will um, will regress to the mean somehow that, that, you know, they're going to step down. I, I, I'm I'm slightly in two minds because on the one hand I expect you know, I expect them to learn Sari's style of play, but he doesn't seem to be teaching them Sari's style of play. So you're not necessarily gonna get sort of the the usual Sari value add that that you know certainly we saw in Napoli and, and and you hope to get. Um plus on top of that, I think he's got a big issue because in his attempts to keep everybody happy, he keeps rotating the midfield. So I, I'm not clear how you're ever gonna get much chemistry there. Um, plus add in the fact that I think the champions league again, for obvious reasons, will be a priority for, uh, uh, for Juventus and, you know, we'll see what happens to Inter in the group stage, you know, but, um, assuming that they don't advance and it's a Europa league scenario, um, you know, that could obviously play, uh, that could obviously play seriously into, into Inter's hands. Um, I agree with you. I certainly didn't expect them to have this many points. I didn't expect Juve to have this many points either. Um, I expected Napoli to challenge for the title, so I guess it kind of shows um, shows what I know. Um, has he massively overachieved with his squad? In terms of points, maybe, but equally, he kind of got pretty much what he wanted um, in the summer. I mean, he was very, very clear, as you guys all know, that, you know, no, I'm not even going to pretend that I want Paris Dangolan, germain and Nikita around, and you know what? If that, you know, messes with their transfer valuation, so be it. Rarely do you get a club that, you know, bend over backwards for a manager uh, as much as uh, as much as Inter did for um, for Conte this year. Uh, rarely do you get a club that, you know, certainly. What three or four of their big signings were all locked up, you know, by July first. You know, th- th- those are kind of ideal conditions in, in which to work.
0: For sure, uh, Mike. I know you had another question as well.
1: Yeah, uh, sorry, I had one more question for you, Gab uh, The so ESPN FC obviously they come out with their top one hundred uh, players in the world every single year, and the one came out uh, just this past week. And uh, I noticed a couple of omissions that uh, I was (laughs) expecting to see uh, on this top 100 list. Uh, For me, uh, Handanovic was not a top 10 goalkeeper in the world that I was a little bit disappointed in. And I did not see also Sensi as a top 10 attacking midfielder, but Ever Banega was, which would kind of a little bit confuse me. And uh, we've seen Skriniar was the only Inter player and he was the number 10 uh, central defender. Um, obviously, as Interfan, we have our we have our uh, our issues with about any chance that you've had to take a look at it and uh, any opinions on uh, on the ESPN FC Top One Hundred.
4: Yeah. So, um, and in fact, sorry, but but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But first, I completely ignored the other question before about whether Craig <laughs> or Stevie are ever going to say nice things uh, about uh, about Inter. I mean, guys, let's face it. I think it hasn't really given them, you know, too much much of an opportunity to go and celebrate, you know, would have been different if they'd hung on in Barcelona would have been different if they'd hung on against Borussia Dortmund. Um, But they didn't. And I think that's just something that for the time being that, you know, we need to deal with. I, I I don't think that, you know, they have a, they have a, a bias against Italian clubs in any way. I know they're, they're big fans of uh, of Napoli when, or they were in last season when when things clicked, and maybe Craig more than uh, uh, Stevie for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know they gave Roma credit um, uh, as well uh, when they knocked out Barcelona. So, um, but <laughs> all right about the FC one hundred. <laughs> so we have a very very large group of people who go. And vote on this thing. Um, you know, we—they're guys who are ESPN-affiliated. You know, from all our properties uh, around the world, South America, the Pacific Rim, um, the Caribbean, the U.S., Europe, obviously. And you're going to get a lot of different views and people who judge things very differently. And you know, I—I I, I think, especially when it comes to certain positions, you get. Certain people who maybe get in there on reputation or, you know, some people a little bit like the Ballon d'Or, right? They, they mm-hmm. maybe don't follow every league, but I mean, look, I don't claim to be an expert on the Dutch league, but, you know, I do watch highlights every week. And I know that Ajax won the title by three points last season over PSV Eindhoven, and it was very tight. And obviously I watched Ajax in the Champions League. Does this mean that there should be, you know, I don't even know how many there were, five or six Ajax players in there? A lot of them. I mean, I do we really I I, I mean some of them are very, very good. I don't get me wrong. Others, mm. I was kind of like, meh, you know, um, <laughs> I, I I think that's just the reality of of how people of how people vote. You know, most people probably didn't get a chance to see much of, of Inked. It. Personally, I had Skriniar in, in my top 10. I think Sainci was penalized for the fact that, you know, he spent half the season playing for Sassuolo. Um And remember, too, that I think the ballots would have come in, I think, sort of around the end of September. So, you know, people weren't necessarily going to go and vote on, you know, in sort of half a season for of, of greatness. I am mean, not that he was poor for Sassuolo last year, but let's face it, Sassuolo isn't really going to be on, on, on somebody's, on somebody's radar. Um, and frankly, to, to a certain portion of the world, you know, neither are, n- neither are Inter. And, and still, mm. until they, you know, get back to where, to where their fan base and, and, and their ownership thinks that, that they should be. Um, for my money, I honestly, as for Handanovic, I don't know. I'm not, a Handanovic guy, as much as a lot of other people are, um, I kind of think that you know, Handanovic is part of the reason Inter didn't advance out of the group stage last year in the Champions League. Um, and I know he's got a plays a really important role at the club, but you know, you put a gun to my head, I can probably think of of ten better <laughs> goalkeepers that that I personally would pick. You know.
0: Mm. Um, I just, um, before we let you go, I just wanted to quickly ask you, uh, this, this past week in the Serie A has been, I mean, just today with Celino doing a racial pun, um, and then Antonio Conte turning into some sort of a sex love guru. Um, what What is going on? <laughs> like, I mean, this is, I mean, we, we're, we follow the Serie a, we, we get, you, we're used to it, but I mean, do, do, do these things even, like, do you react anymore to these things, or is it just like just another day in Serie A?
4: I mean, they're two different things. Um, the, the, when I, I've interviewed Antonio Conte one, one-on-one a couple times, and when he's good, when he wants to be good, when he's chilled out, uh, I don't know, maybe he was thinking of sex. He's really good. I mean, he's really, really good. That whole interview, you know, I, I was I mentioned this on the Suddenly Gavin Jewel show. It was kind of overshadowed by his sex comments because... But, you know, there was a lot of really, really good stuff in it. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was kind of having a giggle. This whole thing about whether players should be obstinate or whatever else. I mean, like when you break it down, you know, he makes a joke. Oh, yeah. And if they are going to have sex, it should be, you know, it, it, it should be with their
0: wives. Wives
4: or partners yes, so that but... they don't feel like they have to impress, you know, that he's making a joke. Saying the thing about the cowgirl position, you know, I, whatever he's being funny and you know, I was just having a bit of fun Chilino, of course thought he was being funny Um I, Unfortunately, Chilino isn't a particularly Intelligent or sensitive man as anybody who's followed Leeds United or Cagliari before that uh, realizes um, And I think like I You know I, it's easy to go and treat everything the same, right this is not the same at least to me, um, as you know a, a footballer getting racially abused uh, from the stands um, and I think that's important to bear in mind it's a guy trying to crack a joke, which is a very stupid joke, but it's also you know he would come back and, and he would also point out that you know well, he's the guy who gave Balotelli a job when and everybody thought he was toxic and you know he uses this italian word called drammatizzare which kind of means like oh let's let's tone down the tension by turning turning things into a joke right and is you know and a lot of people don't know the background to this that that Balotelli didn't play at the weekend because he uh he was late for training and i think he also skipped the training session and you know it's it's one of those situations where you know people it's one of those why always me type situations with with mario and and that you know is unrelated to 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 the abuse he suffered um in in verona so i think at a minimum chelino is is totally tone deaf and inappropriate in in what he says i don't think he was trying to racially abuse his own player but you should have the sensitivity to realize that when somebody's been through that even if <laughs> totally separate from that, they behave like an ass, and unfortunately, Balotelli does behave like an ass somehow. You don't resolve the situation by 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 by, by, by making making reference to that, you know. And 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 it's kind of and then once again, you know, I've had this conversation, and, and Nima, you know this, yeah, with with the head of the Italian league, Luigi De Servo who, uh, who incidentally right about now, might might need a new boss, but but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, you know, when when, when I told him, I'm like, dude, you got to do something because, all right, there, there's the racist abuse in the stadiums, but then there's all the stupid things that that, that the club say, whether it's Verona's Twitter account, whether it was it was Giulini after the Lukaku incident. Um, I I thought Inter also missed a trick and not kind of at least explaining that you know. The, the Curva Nord guys, they speak for their two, 300 members. They don't speak for all Inter Ultras and certainly not all Inter fans. And he just kind of puts his hands up. Oh, but you know, it's not up to us. It's up to the FA to, 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 to punish things. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? If you're serious, if you care about CDA, you have to make sure that people are on board with the messaging and that they're sending the right messaging and you need to educate people to realize that, this isn't stuff to go and and to, to go and screw around with, right? I said so to somebody who speaks Italian, right? You understand that when he says, oh, e nero, you know, you used in that in 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 that uh context, if you speak Italian, it's kind of like saying incazzato nero means that, exactly. you know, it's dark I'm, I'm 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 pissed off. It's a double entendre and then he says, oh, you know, waiting for for things to um for for, for things to to, to clarify or to lighten up you should be intelligent enough to know that first of all it's kind of a stupid thing to say in italian anyway um translated into english when on top of that people are going to be unfamiliar to the backstory here and on top of that they're not going to know the double entendre of the word you're just going to look like an absolute ass and this is a guy by the way Cellino. You know, I know we like to (laughs) depict him some kind of, sometimes as sort of some Sardinian bumpkin. Well, he's not. You know, this is a guy who has owned a club in another country. A club which, by the way, in the 1970s and 80s had a serious history of of racism itself. So he's been exposed to that. He's a guy who spends half his time in Miami. So he's exposed to diversity in different cultures and supposedly you know, a a more global outlook than, than, than some of these other guys. And for him to come out and say that and to think that this is a joke you know if you're the chef if you're the league you say guys every day you open your mouth with something stupid or your club twitter account comes up with something asinine like this you know you make us all look bad you 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 may you may be right when you say oh but how can we control ultras how can we control fans and blah 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 that's one set uh, uh, of issues of, well, hopefully we need to work harder to give you the tools to do that and so on. And we need to show that you have the will to do that. But what you can control is what comes out of your mouth when you're in front of a camera and what your, 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 your Twitter accounts uh, come out with. And the message that these clubs are sending, and look, it's a minority of clubs, but it's far too many, is that this is all a big freaking joke or, you know, oh, people are exaggerating this or whatever else they don't understand the seriousness and 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 this is what we need to get across that you know i don't care why you feel you need to make a joke or i don't care why you may racially abuse somebody the message is to be simple there will be no racist abuse and no joking about this kind of crap you want to make you want to make jokes like that then you know uh, massimo go to your nigerian best friend and you guys go <laughs> and j- joke about that you know, because you know, your know, buddy's Nigerian, right? Yeah, no. and you know, do that in private. But when you're speaking, you're representing not just yourself; you're representing your club, and you're representing. Syria. I mean. yeah. So just don't do that.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and 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 yeah, pretty much everything you said. I have nothing to add to that. And, and 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 for me, that's why I call it a racial pun because it is. He was he was very proud of having because if you see the video, he's very proud of having made. Uh, a, a pun that can be a double entendre, and he thinks it's really funny, and, and he's really proud of it. He thinks he thinks he's made a smart thing, and and it just it's just so embarrassing, and you can just hear everyone's jaws drop to the floor. It's 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 amazing. Um, thank you so much, Gab. I just before I let you go, uh, have you got anything else coming up uh, that you want to promote? Like you got a book coming up or an article or whatever? Let us know.
4: Uh, no, for for the time being, but by um obviously if. You know, I plug the Gab and Jules show. It's it's obviously it's a uh, it's a podcast that Julian Lawrence and I uh, do Monday Monday for ESPN FC. We we try to cover uh, a, a bit of everything, uh, the big issues in uh, in European football, and we did ad- address the Conte sex thing. Um, <laughs> and obviously, uh, we do the very awesome podcast. We'll be coming out on uh, Thursday uh, this week. I'll be joined by uh, uh, by Mina and Nikki. We'll look back over what we'll hopefully be a, a good, uh, Champions League week for, uh, for A clubs. And, uh, yeah, I got my Monday musings column up on Mondays. Uh, talk a little bit of Mourinho in there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, keep, uh, keep following us. And of course the, the FC show as well. So thank, thank you all for your, your support. And, like I said, it's always a privilege to be able to talk about football.
0: Thanks, man. Before I let you know, just quickly, can you give me just your your, your Serie A prediction from six to one, uh, Capo Cannoniere and Coppa Italia win, winners, just quickly?
4: Oh, God. Um,
0: yeah, I'm putting you in a spot. That's why I saved this one for the last. <laughs>
4: man, I hate these predictions. <laughs> I
0: know you do. <laughs> I remember I did remember I think that I, as well. <laughs> the is what I, I, I love the most. Is-
4: I imagine I had Ronaldo's Capocannoniere. Yeah. Um Not looking so good right now, but um, I don't want to say Chido Immobile, so I'm going to stick with <laughs> stick with Cristiano. Imagine him getting a bunch of goals against Brescia, or Verona late in the season, <laughs> uh, and Lecce, of course. Um, Coppa Italia winner. I'm going to say Roma because it's not Juve, and hopefully the other clubs go for more important things. Uh, what else you got?
0: Six to one, A.
4: Yeah. Oh, six to one. Mm. All right. So in sixth place, I have uh, Atalanta, because I imagine they will all run out of like gla- uh, run out of gas. Uh, fifth place, I have uh, Roma. Fourth place, don't hate me. I have Milan. Um, <laughs> Third place because I'm a useless romantic. Despite De Laurentiis uh, best efforts to go and screw things up. Uh, <laughs> I got Napoli. Second place. I have drumroll. I have Juve because I have never really been able to win the title ever. <laughs> and um, so first place Inter.
0: Okay. Well, I, from your mouth to, from your mouth to God's ears. I hope that's true, but I. Yeah, I the, see-
4: this changes week on week,
0: by the way. <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. Well, I mean, last season you had a bet with Nicky Bandini about Christoph Piontek not scoring twenty goals, and he easily got got to that. Um, do you think? I mean, yeah, I know, but saw... I
4: was vindicated because he's terrible. You guys understand <laughs> yeah, this year.
0: That's what I was going to say. Do you think he'll even score five goals this year? I think you should ask for 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 a quits or double like <laughs> yeah, double a quits bet with Nicky, saying if we we'll even score five goals this year.
4: <laughs> You've given me an idea for. Thursday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> go for it, go for it! <laughs> Thank you so much, Marco Gabriel Marcotti at Marcotti. Thanks so much for coming on.
4: Take care, guys. It's my Ciao. pleasure. Grazie, sera, grazie. Uh, grazie. Thank Joe.
0: you. Right, um, let's um, let's continue. Uh, I mean, the the Torino game was a game that Inter completely uh, dominated and controlled from start to finish. Uh, the Barella injury uh, is 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 really, really It's something that's really bothering me because. Uh, I'm happy that it wasn't an ACL. I know a lot of people were because I, I tweeted out that this weather, this, these conditions, scream ACL injury, uh, and uh, people say I jinxed it. But <laughs> my jinxing powers aside, um, this this game should not have been played. To me, the, the, this was this was not, you know, the Perugia game and all that nonsense aside. You know, the, the, to me, this was this an injury scream, you know, written all over it. And Bellotti got injured. Uh, and Barella got injured. Now, thankfully it's not an ACL injury. He sprained his knee. They're gonna have an arthroscopic uh, 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 um, uh, surgery. I think they had it today. The results are yet to be announced. Um we'll have to wait and see. But I am really, really worried because there's no doubt in my mind that he won't be back until earliest January. Stefano Sensi's injury also looks like he's you know he's not gonna be he's not gonna play against Slavia Prague. So Inter have an issue. Inter have a big, big problem going into this Slavia Prague game, and they only have two. I mean, aside from Vicino and Boja, Valero, Galliardini is out. Who do Inter play? Uh, is it Skriniar, uh, or is I mean, should even should Inter even even bother trying to go for the win against Slavia Prague given the situation, and instead try to focus on the on the more important game against Spal, and and to continue this momentum and this pressure Inter have against Juventus. What would you do if it were up to you, Mike?
1: Well, I mean, we're in tr- we're we're in trouble because without Barella and Sensi in the midfielder in the midfield, uh, that's those are the t- our the, our two workhorses all all season long. So without them against Lavia Prob, I think we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, I can't say you know save things for Spal because you know Sp- we are playing Spal at home and they are nineteenth place in Serie A right now. So it's not like I would save things because I still think we need to go out for this. But at the same time. All out with with what in the midfield? That's uh, that's a good question. I mean, is uh, my I I want to know if is Galliadini for sure not going to be available on Wednesday? Because I've seen no, he might be back. He might. Be so back so if I've he's seen. if he's back, then I think we have to we definitely have to have him in the midfield. To, I mean, whatever whatever options we have. I mean, you know you know that Candreva's going to going to play. You know that Gagliadini, if he's healthy, he's going to play. I don't even know is Boca Valero. I mean, he did play last match, but. That might be an option as well uh in the midfield so i think we're in a a lot of trouble because the our two most important midfielders are both out for this match and uh and obviously inter need a win so i think we're in a in a very difficult situation right now and slavia prague is a lot better than obviously everyone you know generically can th- think that they are um so i'm not i say with barela it would be a, a lot a lot easier for us but now that he's not there, this is going to be uh, a very, very difficult match to get three points. I'd be, I'd be surprised if we did.
0: Mm. Um, William, I have a question for you. Um, I, I mean, given that Lazar, Lazaro and D'Ambrosio, thank God, are back, and Lazaro's been actually pretty well, and this is a game where Inter need to kind of attack, would you, what, what, do you, what do you think the chances are of seeing uh, Don Antonio Candyman, Candreva, in the middle of the park, where he's played in the past? Do you
3: think
0: Conte would? Yeah. Didn't see that That, one coming,
3: did you? (laughs) That spherical object coming towards me is a curveball, is it? Um, Yes, it is, it is. (laughs) Oh, I I hadn't considered it. I mean, I I think D'Ambrosio will play because Conte loves him. And it might not be a coincidence that the moment he came back at the weekend, we had our first clean sheet in six matches. Um, Obviously, he's not the only reason, but um, tactically, he's a very... Uh, useful player to have. So if he is fit, I would expect him to play, uh, and probably as the right wing back. So that takes that issue um, out. Or I, I think I think Galliardini will probably play because I don't know. Conte doesn't strike me as someone who's going to take a random risk or do something sort of a little bit crazy in a game like that. I think he'll go with his trusted soldiers as it were then again Kandereva is one of them but not in that position Um, yeah I I don't I, I would be surprised but as I said you have just thrown this at me so maybe in half an hour I'll realize this is actually a really good idea
0: Okay. um um uh, i mean it's a little bit tongue in cheek because i think that borja valero will play i think brozovic will play because we've noticed that brozovic plays no matter if he can stand up if he has a pulse he will play uh, whether or not he can actually move or or he's in pain that doesn't matter for conte if he has if he's breathing and he can stand up he will play uh, and and the question is who will join them uh, i'm just thinking maybe may, maybe milan skriniar or maybe if Gallardini is fit he will play the no, for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, but, Critty, uh, you were positive. You said you were all positive and, you know, you, you're, you're a new, you're, you're, the, you're the president of the Go Conte fan club and all that. So, why don't you take on the role of Mr. Positive, even Mo is in here, and tell us why things will go so good against Slavia Prague.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say to that game last week, from someone who tore his ACL playing football on a pitch just like that, I was very, it was actually, I had uh, PTSD watching that game. <laughs> um, every single time that we, one of the interplayers would touch the ball, I literally relived. I relived in my mind. You just step on on the ball the wrong way and you put your weight on your knee and it just, the, 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 the wetness and the nastiness, it just has a way of, of, of doing things to the human anatomy that you don't want. And uh, yeah, so I was very scared of injuries when we got up two nil i really honestly just wanted us to just put 10 in the box and just call it and not go forward and just don't risk anything um so i was just a very very awkward game I- i'm surprised there were three goals scored to be honest but um it's kind of because of that that i'm on the um that the positivity club because you know in a game where you would say you know, you would expect maybe a, a really nasty one-one grinder or a one-nil Inter win, and, and you know, not much going forward. Uh, it was actually they they had some. I mean, look at look at look at the 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 second goal. You know, that that beautiful cross to the, to, to the opposite side of the goal, and and, and the, the easy tap in. I mean, there was actually some beautiful play in that in that match. Um, uh, Lukaku his his one-on-one move right through the legs into the, the, the far far back corner of the net uh, to make it three-nil. I, I I think this team has something I never saw under Mancini in the second run or Spalletti and damn sure not Pioli. They have this confidence about them. It almost doesn't really matter what eleven you put out there. And Michael, I also agree. Hondanovic should not be in the top ten. I really looking at that list, don't know where you'd place him, but that's another story for another day. Um, it, it's. I, this team has a confidence, Nima. They they it, it, w- with wins, with victories comes confidence, and with confidence comes more confidence. You have to you build upon it. It's like it's like a wall. It's like Donald Trump's wall that that, that, <laughs> that he that, that he's so so. Uh, uh, you mean you mean affluent. that it's
0: non-existent because that wall doesn't exist. <laughs> well, in his, you have to
2: no. It, it, it's in, in his mind it exists. You have to go oh, in okay. his mind. Yeah, okay. it's it's in his mind. So, so that's, 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 it's built upon all great championship teams are built that way. And, you know, when obviously, uh, if you go back to the, to the middle of last decade, that's how it all started for us, you know, inter incrementally chipped away at getting to the champions league final and won it after failures in the tournament before, after not winning the Scudetto for many years, they got that in 2005. Then they built upon that. And half a decade later there you sit, you know, on top of the world. So, this is an inter-side. It, it, that's why I was so um, uh, eager to ask the question about, you know, this is not uh, on paper. This is by far not the most talented side in, in Europe by any stretch. But what he's done to, to, to be really um, level on points with Juventus uh, this far in the season. Yes, I know they're one point back, but count me some slack here. Um, this is incredible. Uh, I, I don't see why, why you should lose to the second-to-last team in the table. Uh, you you should you should be able Conte should be able to go into the dressing room and say who wants to play midfield for Inter first three people to raise their hand you're in and that mm-hmm. should be enough because they 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 had they're they're flying high with this confidence and this isn't you know and this is not all about player ratings Nima. this is human this is these guys are are feeding off of whatever this man is saying they are they are buying the product that he is selling and that uh, human emotion human you know, the, the the mental aspect of the game plays a lot into it you have the most talented player in the world Uh, and if his confidence is down and his form is bad then it doesn't matter All, all the gifts that god gave you will not matter you can't translate that onto the pitch and these players are doing that right now so why would i pick against a team right now that has especially in league play all the momentum in the world going for them they seemingly um uh cannot lose right now and against Prague, yes uh let me tell you this take that game, go for those three points. Borussia Dortmund are collapsing from within right now. They are self-destructing and basically given Lucien Favre an ultimatum, either you beat Barcelona at the Camp Nou or you're fired, you're sacked. So he has a, he, he has a job saving match coming up and if he does not win that, I don't see what I, that's to me is stupid because I would have fired him after he lost Union Berlin many months ago. But uh, so you can lose, you can say you beat Barca and lose to whoever next week in the Bundesliga. I don't see what it matters, but they've, They've basically given them an ultimatum. That club is by no means uh, going to guaranteed finish ahead of Inter in the group. So mm. I say keep charging forward. Um, obviously, you can't make the same mistakes that you made in the first game against Prague. I think Inter did underestimate them. I don't really know if they knew what they were what they were getting. Um, they played Barcelona a hell of a match um, when they uh, uh, just a few weeks ago. So now that you know what you have in Prague. Uh, definitely go for the win. I, I I would go for the three points. I you know I I think that there's six points to be gotten from this week just just based on how they're playing.
0: Mm, treble hero Samuel Eto said this week, or I think it was today or yesterday, that he thinks that not only are Inter good enough to win the Serie A, they're good enough to win the Champions League. Um, in order for them to do that, they have to obviously beat the Slavia Prague. So I'm just going to quickly go around and ask everyone what they think in terms of
1: uh, prediction of results and goal scores. Starting with you, Mike. One-one, uh, Lukaku will score, but I don't think we get the three points uh, just based on our uh, the Sensi and Badel injury. That's it. I mean, I, I really, I really don't. I think that they they had had these injuries not happen. I th- I think we'd be in the driver's seat. And to Crady's uh, Chris explanation of what's going on with Dortmund right now, well, what a disaster they were. They they should have. They were down what three nothing on the weekend. They came back tied three-three. But I really think that. It's it's all it's all about that midfielder, those two midfielders not being available, and that's what's going to be our downfall.
0: I th- I'm I'm thinking
3: one-one uh, as well, uh, but I have Lautaro scoring. Uh, will? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I have the same scoreline, so wow. uh, it, almost, wow. it almost certainly will not be one-one, given we all said it. Wow. Um, Who yeah,
2: will I score? Mean, this.
3: Uh, I mean, I. Lautaro, because he's scoring loads he'll probably score in the first half an hour as well because I, I saw an incredible that's what he stat does that's what he does that's yeah, what he the, does inter tv had a stat at the weekend about how he scored i think eight of his nine goals in the first half an hour of matches this season so yeah he'll do that and then we'll run out of legs in midfield and uh and slavi will equalize i mean they've had they've had um they've given everyone a game in in this group i mean it's remarkable when you think back to the draw and they're uh their management were, were mocked for having laughed when they were drawn in this group as uh, as if they knew they were going to get a pacing in every match.
1: Um,
3: and as it turns out, they've drawn with Inter. They've given Barcelona two really good matches, getting a point at the Camp Nou. They were in the match at home to Dortmund until the 90th minute when it was still 1-0. Um, so yeah, this is this is tough. I think if we had one of Sensual Baro, I'd be a lot more confident. Um, but yeah, regardless of how optimistic I'm or not, it would be absolutely farcical to not go all out for this match because the fact of the matter is,
2: if Inter win both their games, they're through. So let's go.
0: Right, Critty, um, uh, what about you? Give me a prediction.
2: Three nil, three nil to enter. Oh, lovely. Uh,
0: do you think Lukaku will finally score in the Champions League?
2: Um, yes, I do. I think uh, I'm going to go with, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Screenier, Plataro and Lukaku for so each of them will bag one.
0: Nice, I can live with that. I hope you're right. Um, you, you've been uh, you've been really good at these predictions this season, so I hope absolutely you're right. Um, me, we, me play, too. we play we play we play <laughs> sp- Spal on the weekend at home at the San Siro. I I expect three points here, and I expect three nil. I expect two no. I, actually, I'm going to say two nil. I expect him to win. Uh, Spal just drew to Genoa. Uh, Andrea Petagna scored from the spot because that's what he does. That's his job. Um, but uh, I And I think he will, you know, I, I don't expect Spal to be any problems for Inter. I expect to win comfortably and I think they will win 2-0. And Lukaku will score both because that's what he does. He scores in the Serie A against bad teams and takes those ugly points that people laugh and mock at but are also important. Uh, Michael, give me a prediction uh, for Spal.
1: Yeah, I was actually I was watching the game uh, while I was just finishing up while we started the, while we started this, and uh, I just wanted to get a, a good a good sense of uh, how they were playing. And I mean, I believe it looks like a Federico Di Francesco. He got injured and, and doesn't didn't look too well at the end of like uh, I think it was around the forty sixth, forty seventh minute. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just didn't. Uh, I mean, you're at home against the team that's in nineteenth place. They haven't won since October fifth. So uh, I, I again I want to when you look at say say enters Champions League campaign say they draw or lose to Slavia Prague on Wednesday and you know they're out of the Champions League I and you know at that point you can now focus on Zelaya and Zelaya only for the most part other than Copa Italia I mean that'll give them a, a better outlook on the rest of the season starting with Spal on on uh, on the weekend but. Uh, anything, anything short of three points, I, I don't see how this game is not a win, and uh, a two or three nothing victory uh, seems to be the likeliest of results for me. Um, and Martinez with an early goal, of course. <laughs> Love it, uh, Critty. Give me a
0: scoreline prediction. Goal scorers:
2: four-one uh, to enter. Uh, it'll be, it'll be 3 0 and uh, Hondo will lose interest, so he'll let one in because he'll just be bored. <laughs> um but you've really, sport, re-
0: you've really replaced Mo in this episode, haven't you? Like, full on. You're Mr. Positivity and you're Andy Handanovic. I love this. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'm not anti. I'm just saying <laughs> nah, I'm he's going to be
2: back there twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> he's going to have nothing to do, and he's going to get caught for one. But um, the game will be well in, well in hand by that point. I think Lukaku bags a brace. I think Letaro Martinez scores one. And I love the center backs to score off the corner. So I'm going to go with either one of them to score off of a corner because they're just so damn good at it.
0: What about you, Mr. William? Man of Beck. Uh,
3: three nil. I think. Uh, I think Lukaku and uh, and two from Lautaro because they're on fire, and uh, Lula is going to get go through Spal like a like a tractor. Um, yeah, this is about as non difficult as it gets in Serie. A, so, um, the, the side that we saw at the weekend uh, should not have any problems, regardless of of who they've got in midfield um, against Spal. I mean, you know the. Barella's is not really a problem as such for, for this week. My, my bigger concern is after that, we play yeah. Roma, then Barcelona and Fiorentina in a week. So that's, 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 that's a little bit more problematic. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we've had one of the reasons, if you want to be really pernickety, that we've had such a good record is we've still got a few difficult games to come. Napoli and Atalanta haven't played you either. So um, they're all coming in the next month or so. Um, so that's where we're going to see how, uh, how much this uh, slightly um, depleted squad has got. Um, but uh, I would just like to say again, you know, we were all very pessimistic about that match of the weekend. So it's only worth underlining again, but that was very impressive. You know, I've mocked very. Mo openly when he said that we were going to win 3-1. And it was of course, because I knew we were going to win 3-0.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> so exactly. um, I can, I can get exactly. out of that one pretty easily, but yeah, <laughs> we said that they were going to have to take their, their chances, their first chance, because Torino wouldn't give out much. And they pretty much did take the first chance. And from then on, Torino were forced to come out and everything became a little bit easier. So, uh, Congratulations to the team for a, a wonderful, a surprisingly comfortable Saturday.
0: Mm, for sure. Right, uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something in the world of football, starting with uh, this week's uh, uh, Frog, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, we've already touched on this with uh, with Gav Marcotti, but I think it picked itself this week. Um, <laughs>
0: <sighs> Just give Kutera. us
3: the quote. Just give yeah. us the quote. <laughs> yeah, so we, we talk. It, it's Antonio Conte. It's a little bit unfair given how well he's doing, but it was a little strange that the, what he said to Lequipe last week. Um, Competition for me is battle. It is your death, my life. I'm very focused on the fact that in the end there should only be one left standing, and I do everything to make it my team. This is my way of being and it will lead me to interrupt my career very early because I live my work too much. Often I ask if it is right to spend so much time without my family. Um, During competition, sex should not last long. And also it should be done with the least effort possible, preferably underneath the partner, uh, preferably with their wife, as then there is no obligation to put in an exceptional performance. Um, Make of that what you will. Um, I know that... uh, uh, Gian Piero Gasperini was asked if he had any uh, similar rules for his players, and he said no. If anything, the players, pro- it's probably the players who'd have to teach me something. To which he got a nice round of applause in his press conference. I think Lautaro was asked about it as well, and he kind of uh, glossed over it with a slightly embarrassed face. But uh, yeah, not, not what I was expecting to read when I woke up on Thursday or Friday, whenever it was. So I'm sorry, Antonio, be, you're wonderful, but that called us all a little bit off guard.
0: The thing is, though. I think when he when he says things like that like he it just goes to show how meticulous he is and how obsessed he is with winning so he actually I think it's a little bit tongue in cheek so for for this reason alone I'm very very happy that Rajana Angolan is not at Inter because <laughs> any like you know any any rules of the samurai the path of the warrior rules that Antonio Conte has Rajana Angolan is breaking them Whilst asleep, let alone when he's awake. So I think it's it might be a good thing that good old Raja is 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 in Sardinia where he can smoke and drink and do what he wants without being bothered by, by Antonio Conte, telling te- teaching him how to do the reverse cowgirl.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you were a journalist worth your salt and he was still in the squad, you'd be going straight to him for a. Oh comment yeah! On that oh my God! Are you kidding me? Question. Yeah. <laughs> Him
0: And and just think if Wanda was still here, can you just imagine her reply on how cheesy, like what an Argentinian soap opera that would turn into on Tiki Taka, with her and Cassano having a debate on sexual positions (laughs) (laughs) on said, like Jesus, thank God for small favors, thank God he's not there. Uh, but I, th- I still think that she will definitely have, a, have something to say about this because this is too juicy for anyone not to let, not to let it go, uh, not, not to pounce on. Right, um, let's move on to something uh, much more positive, this week's Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Michael Gallo. He, is, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. not easy to find in one person of these qualities. <laughs>
1: So my Moratti of the week will go to the league, Serie A. Um, I know we like to, you know, not give them the, – they, they do a lot of things wrong. Obviously, with, <laughs> we bring it up with racism and, and so many other different types of, uh, of, of issues. Uh, but they do get one thing right, and that is uh, the, the initiative with the, uh, the gender violence and uh, violence against women – um, and this is, I believe, the third season that Serie has been doing this, where the players wear the red mark on their face in support of it. And uh, every player, uh, coaches, uh, referees, everyone is involved uh, in this initiative and to raise awareness for it against, uh, for violence against women and gender violence. And uh, it's something that, uh, I w- it's, it's actually, it's, it makes me feel a little better that the, that the league, that they get so many things wrong, but this is something that they've got right, and uh, um, it's it's just, it is what it is, and very, I say, proud to watch this weekend, and everyone take part, and uh, it's, and, and they're very public about it, uh, the league, was through social media, um, the players, they're all posting things uh, in support of it, so it's very good to see, and uh, I'm happy that the the league does this. Mm. Absolutely. Fair is fair.
0: We should praise and we should criticize. And this was a good thing they did. Um, Right, let's move on to something much more negative, uh, which uh, this week's G, which will be presented by Mr. Critty Smith.
2: Uh, I wish we would have ended on Michael's stuff, because, you know, it was happy. Uh, it was it was a good thing. So this it's, <laughs> it
0: gave you I'm, it gave you a warm fuzzy feeling.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna read. I'm gonna read a a quick snippet real quick. If you'll please allow me, um, the headline is sure. Mario Balotelli subject to racist comment by his Brescia chairman. So. Uh, Mario Balotelli has been subject to an extraordinary racist comment from his chairman at Brescia, the former Leeds owner Massimo Cellino, targeted the striker who was dropped for the weekend defeat by Roma after a, a row with the manager Fabio Grosso as he answered questions about the former Italy international. Cellino said, what can I say that he's black and he's working to whiten himself, but he has great difficulties in this. Um, he was asked about Balotelli before a Serie A meeting on Monday, and may have been using a word, a play on the word "black," which in Italian is often used to mean angry. Um, so we're back with a monthly, uh, you know, who's race, who's racist today in Serie A? Racism
0: <laughs> bingo, Serie A style.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I know we touched on this earlier in the show with Gab. So, uh, you know, it's not a whole lot more that really needs to be said about it. But it's, uh, this is, I guess it's. I guess to a certain extent, it's not the entire Curva North that's doing it this time. It's just one, you know, asshole. Uh, but, you know, this guy's a chairman of a club. As for as previously stated, he's uh, formerly of Leeds United. Um, so, you know, he's been in the UK. He's he, this isn't he, this guy's been around. So it, it, it this again, um, I don't even know why, what in even if you. Are playing on the word or whatever, you know? Why in the world would you use that, that, that sentence to to describe what you're trying to say? Just it, there's there has to be this guy um, has to be you know crazy to think that that wouldn't have some kind of backlash. So this is um,
0: Massimo Cellino. He is absolutely crazy. Uh, this yeah. is a guy. I mean, he he is he's he he is out there. I I he's he's the last crazy. Italian, um, Italian, you know the, the old school Italian, uh, pre club president, and he and he also added on during this press conference. He said, "Look, I'm an old elephant in 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 calcio. I don't have a cell. I don't I don't have a computer. I don't use the internet. Uh, I <laughs> which he, uh, and I barely even use a cell phone. And 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 that's like his way of saying the how you know how old school he is. And I don't think that's something he should be proud of." But, but th- that's the kind of guy he is. But he's, I, I, can, I for sure know that he's not racist. He's, he's, a very, he's just crazy. And he thought that he was being funny. This was his way of like, exactly like there's a double entendre when you say that you're angry. And also he didn't say whiten himself. Like in that, in that situation, again, it's a double entendre. It's a, you know, it's, it can mean two things. He's playing with words and he thinks he's being witty. And instead he's just making himself look like a giant moron
2: and And that's the thing is I've always uh, going to school in 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 Germany with a bunch of Italian friends of mine. I always appreciated their bluntness and honesty. It was such a great. they they never ever let me not know what they were thinking. But at the same time, if if you watch, for instance, and it's it goes in the media, when if you watch the documentary, there's the scenes about Diego Maradona that the the, the 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 journalist actually asks, uh, I think Napoli chairman or whatever. Did the mafia pay for him? You know, just straight up. Did, you know? I mean, you 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 can't. That's such a great question. Did the mafia pay for Maradona? You know, it's a it's a it's a it's it's a great question. Um, with Napoli's, you know, with the city of Naples ties and all this stuff to 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 whatever. But sometimes being blunt and saying what you what is on your mind, especially in twenty nineteen, this is a different time, different different age that we live in, and some of these these for me. Things, these Sorry. old sayings are, are are dead.
0: No, it's it's about context. That's yeah, context, yes, yes. You know, what what what, you, what Gab said, he has a Nigerian friend, a very good friend of his is Nigerian. That's exactly what what, what Gab said there is, is I think is spot on. What you say between friends in a closed conversation is not what you say at a press conference. Like this is the you know, this is what you teach children. That some things are for home, some things are for school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't say stuff like this. Uh, the, you know, he 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 was making a it just it's just a really bad joke, uh, trying to be witty uh, and and exactly like you know he makes the league look bad. He, he makes everyone look stupid. And 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 then and then Brescia put out. <laughs> Again, these statements these people put out on their homepages on Twitter, uh, saying that you know it was a it was um you know he's been misunderstood he was just making a pun a racial and people took it out of context and he was using the paradoxical meanings of of the same words to be used in different context and going full on linguistic on every uh, linguistic lecture on everyone and it's like or or you can, you can keep this on one side. Or we can just say, I say, I, I made a boo-boo, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just, just stop, just stop, just stop digging deeper. And, and, correct. That's what's, that's what's so frustrating with these people. It's just they're their own worst enemy, and 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 they just, it, it's this league is if, if is is anything if not eventful.
2: <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have almost Nima let it pass if he said, I, I understand what I said could be misunderstood. I, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. But uh yeah, did, exactly. Did still. Defending himself and and defending and that's that's where because you don't you don't see the error and if you don't see the error You cannot fix it. This
0: is Massimo Cellino. He's never been wrong once in his life if you ask him So that's that's a completely different story
2: Leeds United might disagree
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're happy Wednesday when he left right Um, Right. I want to I want to thank you guys. That's all we have time for this week I want to thank Gabriel Marcotti for coming on. I want to thank you Michael Gallo
1: Thank you very much for having me, Nima, and I hope when we talk next that Inter is still alive in the Champions League. Amen. And
0: also, Mr. William Beckman, and it's Beckman, not Beckham, as some people thought.
3: Yeah, if you're going to send feedback to Nima, please get my name right, because (laughs) I'll assume it's negative when I see the, the screenshot of Beckham. And then actually it turns
2: out to be positive. So let's just avoid all of that and get it right, please. Thank you.
3: Thank
0: you. <laughs> Mr. Critty Smith.
2: No hate mail to to William David Beckham, please. No, no. And uh, yeah, thanks, Nima. Um, it's been fun as always, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, great talking to all of you.
0: As always, uh, I'm uh, thank you for this. Uh, I would like to thank everyone for this show, uh, for, for coming on, all you listeners. Uh, click subscribe and rate us on iTunes uh, or iOS if you can. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavalli Ruzari, wishing you a good week, six points, and sempre e solo Forza Inter.